0: Candace and Ariel are not final girls. Candace is second to last at best. And Ariel is probably the killer. This podcast is intended for fools, haters, and Wikipedia summary readers. Listen on at your own risk. Welcome to our twisted mind. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not a good look. October, because it's not actually secretly it's not October. Not right for now, us, but it we're, will be. We're fucking liars. It's, but it's gonna be. It's honorarily October to us here at Not Your Final Girl, and um, this is Candace and my co-host Ariel. Hello. And pre Halloween, pre Halloween, and from that's what we celebrate here. The from the theater at midnight. On Halloween, a dirty theater, a dirty, disgusting, a minimum of of three to five blowjobs and handjobs are happening around you, or maybe to you. I don't know. (laughs) We're not judging. I mean, one can definitely not. (laughs) This is not your final girl, and we are talking about. We're starting our like kind of our actual. Halloween horror uh, spook season content. Like, we had, like, some preliminary, and now we are getting down to brass tacks, and we are going to have some fun yep. on this episode, because as, um, as a wise man once said, as a wise woman once <laughs> said, ghouls just want to have fun. That's right. <laughs> and it's true of us, too. So, we're talking about a TV movie called The Midnight Hour from mm-hmm. 1985, as well as... The incomparable Rocky Horror Picture Show from 1975. So mm-hmm. a full decade apart. We're going to talk about the Midnight Hour first, um, because like I want to know as iconic. not as iconic. I had never not heard even of close this to movie. It as movie. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, what we were just saying, like, what is it's? It's honestly not a fair comparison. Like, there's no. nothing, can nothing be... that is on the same wavelength as Rocky Horror. I think so. out of all the fandoms in the history of fandoms. I think Rocky Horror literally has to win. I mean, it's it's so good too. It's because like, it's not on the internet. It's like better than every it's other family pre internet, pre internet, like more powerful. Yeah, like it's like got theater kid, but also like powerful queer energy, which honestly is usually one and the same. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate mm-hmm. to have het queer energy. In yeah, there. you hate to see it. <laughs> I've seen it before, and I didn't enjoy <laughs> it. But this is also like one of those pretty strong exceptions to my hatred of musicals. I Okay, I was thinking about this because I was <laughs> laughing to myself, because I was like, what is wrong with us? Because we just did a musical episode for horror, and we're like, we hate musical horror. We're like, we don't like musicals. And we're then... against musicals. And now we're doing... I mean, effectively, Midnight Hour is, is kind of an honorary musical. So and Midnight Hour has a lot of mm-hmm. singing and dancing, yeah. and choreography, like a lot of And it just... Yeah. Yeah, well, let's get into it. So right. the Midnight Hour... Written by Bill Blake and directed by Jack Bender. And it was a TV movie. It premiered yeah, on ABC. That's right. On November 1st. On November 1st. Wow. After Halloween. My my only guess is that they imagined that people were partying on Halloween. And they were like, we'll show this in the recovery. Like, one would have to go back to that year and wonder, was this a Sunday night situation? Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm not sure. That's amazing. Anyway, and then subsequently, and Halloween's afterwards would show it, right? Okay, right. So, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> November, November 1st, first, a wild move. Um, <laughs> a group of teenage friends unearth a relic of the past and unsuspectingly unleash the monster mash on their New England town. You hate to see it. You hate to see it, but maybe you love to see <laughs> it, depending see on it. who you are. Tonight, an ABC premiere presentation eternity is about to play a nasty little trick who's there on the carefree kids of pitchboard figure out know what you're gonna wear to the party at tonight demons arise yes. come heed my bidding on this night of nights halloween my favorite time of year ah! one and i'm not afraid more. of death i'm going for it ah. the party could go on for. Yeah, some of the zombies are having a great time. They're, like, hooking up at the party. We're gonna have to discuss, like, the zombie culture of this film. (laughs) (laughs) There's really, like, fucking move over 28 (laughs) Days Later. This has its own zombie lore. Yes, it does. So, yeah, we have, like, honestly, a a fun, (laughs) a really fun cast. We have LeVar Burton being, like, so hammy, it's amazing. wonderful and then um sherry belafonte is that how you pronounce i think it's the first name i think it is belafonte it's definitely belafonte um she's in like a powerhouse in this film i would call her she is so she is like just she's getting it her and lavar are the only memorable i would say actors for sure everyone else is kind of a I, I don't as want to in, say, literally, you don't know who they are, but also, yeah, they're not yeah, really they, bringing that, we got, that power to true. it. It's true. No one else was really going for it in the same way. The, yeah, honestly, this is, like, my my biggest reaction to, like, this uh, this movie as a movie was that it structured its plot completely wrong because the the main <laughs> characters, or the, the quote-unquote main characters, like, whole deal, Like, I was like, please let me stop looking at this guy. Okay. And like his whole and like the whole like <laughs> yes. structure of how it like they're like we have to like dig up this witch finder general so that he can set everything right. Which is his ancestor presumably. Which is his ancestor Boring. and like a slave owner like they're like yeah he'll we we have to like get him to to kill the monsters or whatever and he's also with like the that one ghost from the urban legend kind of where she's like you know, I guess it's not really because she's like in a cheerleader outfit. I but thought I was about, Susie thinking about Q. the one. Have you seen Susie Q? No. Is that a Disney movie? I don't know. I don't even know what it is. I'm scared. Now. If you don't know, what I it thought it was a, I almost, thought it was a snack cake. If you don't know what it is, it almost has to be a Disney movie. Oh my god. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm very unaware of Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it might be a Disney movie. Susie Q is like a. I can't remember if she's a cheerleader, but she's, like, from the 50s, and she's a ghost. Okay. Oh, okay. Maybe that's... Because I was thinking about the, like, urban legend that's, like, in uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, where it's, like, oh. the girl who's, like, she's... Like, the guy picks her up because she's, like, just wandering around on the side of the road, and he gives her his leather jacket, and she's, like, thank you. Um, okay, it is like I was that. i so cold. And then uh, he drops her off, and he's, like, trying to find her later, and he finds... Her grave and his letter jackets on the grave. Oh my god. It's a, it reminded me of that. They're very, it's a, at the center of this wild whirlwind of a film is a very boring hat couple, which you can say <laughs> the same of Rocky Horror. That's true, but the Brad and Janet's boringness is like central to the story. It is <laughs> central to the story right, in a way that this um, TV movie that was not doing what Rocky Horror could do. Yeah, this, this movie is not doing that. That's and, for and both sure. of these movies, like their plots, are a complete mess. So, <laughs> like this is a this is a great through line. Which, so, like, what did the one fucking critic said of this one? Which is like my favorite thing. It says it's billed as a humorous horror romp. This was Rick Sherwood, um, but the Midnight Hour is really a campy monster bash in which revived corpses break into song and dance. Well, I'm sold on that. Yeah, I don't know why that would be. That's awesome. A negative about this also, film. A campy monster bash versus that's a it. humorous horror romp. That sounds like pretty yeah, much the same thing. Yeah, he's like, excuse thing. me, I signed up for a humorous humorous horror romp, and I oh actually it. got a campy monster mash. So, fuck you. Yeah, what? I will this is a not negative review stand for this. Wow. Um. Anyway, so he could not handle that. <laughs> Doesn't like revived corpses dancing and singing. Well, so <laughs> very bigoted in I mean, my mind. Yeah, that's. <laughs> honestly rude let them do what they need to do i mean also like when i say that monster match there's zombies there's vampires there's werewolves there's witches that there's witches we think are witches and then they're also vampires that's accepted in the universe it's just fine there's nothing confusing about that to anyone we accept it it's very much like a fever dream yes also there's like I, I think Sandy is a ghost, I think. I don't think she's not a she's not a zombie because no, no, the zombies no. are rotting. She's a ghost. She's a ghost. But corporeal though. Yeah. It's very It's like so she can still is... be pretty, I guess, and like the love interest right. for the main character. The hot zombies are nice and the rotting <laughs> zombies are mean. Duh. Pretty generally, except there is a cool rotting zombie couple at the party. I feel like the rotting zombies are like mostly pretty chill, though. Like they, like <laughs> unless they have a specific vendetta, like that one murderer guy comes for like the <laughs> okay. judge that convicted him. Right? And there's a werewolf. Did we this say werewolf? There. There, I did say. Werewolf. Okay. Oh there my like, There's it's... at least one werewolf. There's a lot of whiplash going there's on. Like there's a what's ton... So I love, I love the beginning of this. Like I love like the opening because it feels so like. Quintessentially, kind of sunny, awesome Halloween buffy vibes. Yeah, totally. Like, the kid is like, he pulls on his like skull mask and is mm-hmm. like, th- like delivering the papers. Mm-hmm. Um, very Gilmore girls. Very much so. Like, very, Even the very on the cute fucking Stars Hollow shit. Yeah. Um, and it feels like something that would be playing as you're like getting ready to go trick or treating. Yeah. Which um is a complete, uh, like, a whole vibe. Yeah. That I, that I chase after. <laughs> like, yeah, I It's very that. wholesome, but in a way that is, yeah, very, um, like, of the holiday. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we're bringing in these teenagers who are going to break into the museum and steal the costumes that are on the dummies, which is, like, a great Halloween prank. A great idea. Utterly horrifying as anyone who's worked in libraries or archives. But you know what? I mean, what? you know what? I think it's fine. It's gonna be fine. I are stealing If, if it items. fits you and you manage to get in, I say go for it. I mean, if it's your for several of these characters, it is their ancestor. It's actually their ancestor. It is their birthright to wear these. Exactly. Clothes. Exactly. It's practically yours. I mean, so I think that they can waltz in and do whatever they want. It's fine. So they steal these costumes. They also steal like the Necronomicon or whatever. It's basically the Necronomicon. There's a lot of nods or blatant ripoffs, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, Two different horror movies, and for sure Evil Dead is one. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, then they. Um, Sherry Belafonte reads the. Read is the thing, the, the chant, as like a funny joke, like you do in the <laughs> cemetery, but she is the direct descendant of this witch which like when she does it it's so funny because this movie it's like everyone's just kind of being like shitty teenagers or whatever and when she starts to recite it it's this weird energy that suddenly is bringing 110% of performance getting it yeah which and like... the, the the characters are all quiet but i'm like suddenly paying attention to dialogue in a way i haven't in the past like 20 <laughs> minutes or however many of this movie where i'm like what's happening yeah, this is a made for tv movie and she's literally literally putting it all out there. She is giving her all. Her voice drops like a register and you're just, like, in it. Like, suddenly you feel like you're around the campfire and the the scary story has started, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, the group's energy, I will say, is, like, really great. Like, I feel like you have, um, I mean, you got, like, your nerd, your jock, Mm -hmm. you've got your LeVar Burton. (laughs) 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 And, um, and I mean, I don't know, like, there's the one girl who, like, I don't know. She's like a blonde girl. She's she's getting it. Like, Her unfortunate she's, hair. She's a... The yeah. She's like... She's trying to be all punk. Yeah. But you know what? If you... Real punkers don't call themselves punkers. They said that on Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> and I believe it. She gives me big, big gay energy, though. I get, like, closeted gay. She hasn't figured it okay, out Okay, yeah. herself. And she's like... So. Looking for, she's at the party looking for a dude, but like, but she keeps looking at the substitute teacher. I mean, our substitute teacher is really hot. So, okay, that is something that I <laughs> love about this is that it captures the energy of like, it's Halloween and everybody is just in this in this spooky season energy. It is Halloween. We're gonna like, we're going to this party, and anything could happen. Like, yeah, I the, just feel like that. The substitute teacher from earlier in the movie is dressed as David Bowie. Looking very good. Looking great. And um, dancing with a um, someone who is dressed as the Grim Reaper. And gender being, like, ambiguous. True, very gender ambiguous. We don't know. And being like... We need more wine. Like she's demanding multiple times. Is demanding more wine. She's like, I'm a chaperone. I'm like a chaperone at a non-sanctioned, non-school party, bitch. House party. Why do you have a? She's like, no. I'm just an adult showing up at this party and drinking (laughs) your wine. Wow, it was a different time. Amazing. (laughs) Honestly, I would love to do that. Her outfit's incredible. She's very. She she looks looks great. great. Um. And I'm yeah, honestly. She seems to be the only at adult at this party. That's the thing. She keeps saying chaperone, and I'm like, I'm like okay. Who are you chaperoning? As in, but you're the only person that's been established and you're like a as an sub, adult. Character. Like, there's no way the school put you up to this. It's uh <laughs> interesting. We need to know the backstory of this character. I would love to know how this came to be. Mm-hmm, mm hmm. But just everything gradually goes to hell because it's Halloween, no one notices that there's actual zombies wandering around, because yeah. the zombies are actually pretty benign. They're not really eating people. They're kind of just They kind of like, want to hang out. They're kind of just chilling. Two of them are making out. Yeah. Yeah, Um, they're kind of reunited or trying to figure out their shit. I mean, the ghost character is like confused. It's really funny when, when they rise from the grave the graves are exploding, which is a really fun detail for me. I love to see, like, graves exploding. The other thing is, like, you can tell this is made for TV because we don't understand how to, like, use, how to film fog machines. <laughs> Dude, the fog dripping around the cemetery was so, so funny. They have, like, an aerial shot of this graveyard. I don't know if it's really aerial, but they have, like, a lot of height on it. And then you can see, like, fog machines, like, pumping fog. You can see the fog, like, like f- coming from its source in, like, it's... little, like, streaks. <laughs> and so, so that's great. That's honestly part of its charm. Right I love now. it. Yeah, it's part of its charm. But anyways, then the graves explode. I need to tell you that the graves explode. I don't mean, like, you know, people, like, stick their hand out. I mean, the graves explode. Yeah, people and, do stick their hands out, though. But but also, does, that also happens, when they do Chunks explode. of earth flying, and then they're freed from their graves. And then as they're, the, you know, all these graves are being uh, exited by these zombies or whatever they are. Right. There's one cheerleader who just looks very confused. She's kind of, yeah, she's kind of like bemused the entire time. And everyone else huh. seems to know what they're doing. They're like, I'm a zombie and I'm walking. And she's like what the fuck's going on? And I'm like, what's your deal? Who You didn't get the memo? Yeah, I don't know how she, like, I, I, I really would love to know the lore of like how these souls of the damned came to roam. And the souls of the damned and Sandy came to like roam the streets on this night. I love it. We like, need more. I mean, it says, like, it says like the the dead will walk again, and it will unleash all the monsters from hell. So, like, I understand maybe there's werewolves in hell. I could buy that. All the monsters, um, right? All maybe the monsters. there's vampires in hell. Okay, I can get that. Witches for sure. Um, and then obviously the rest are zombies. They they rising from the dead. But like, what about Sandy? Was she in hell? <laughs> like, Sandy fucked up. She's obviously a slut, as we see. Sandy, later. you know what? Sandy Much like just... our girl from Rocky Horror. A true. But... <laughs> So and he wants to get some action, and God punished her for that.
1: Mm-hmm. So I hate to, you see hate it. to see you know
0: it, know what, and it feels like though the way that her, the way that her night goes, like trajectory wise, like she's like, let's go to lookout point. Like, Does she go back she, to hell later? Sorry, I'm just like thinking about that. No, I'm wondering. I'm really, she's I really want to know. I think she went to hell, dude. Maybe, and you know what? The way that she seems to be like trying. To get it, I'm like, I don't think, I don't know if she was doing it in life. You know, I feel like she's like, I missed my chance. I I just didn't believe in Jesus hard enough, and I went to hell. (laughs) Well, and like, I we're jumping ahead, but we're talking about this character. We're talking about Sandy, which feels particularly that's on purpose, drawing from Greece, right? You call her Sandy. Yes. Okay. So we're we're, there's no way we're talking about Sandy from Greece. We're not doing doing fanfic. Sandy is in hell, and we've sent her back. Uh, So this is There's actually Danny fiction. Zuko he corrupted her she yes oh that makes sense okay there we go Probably. So she's just trying to do it one last time but the thing is like at the very end like I know we'll get to it later but like we know that all these people get the problem gets fixed right everything goes back before midnight they make it in the nick of time but that means she has to leave too and she's like formed a romantic connection with one of the main characters who's very boring unfortunate He was just the first guy around and she has one last chance at life. But I'm thinking about this man and how his life has been ruined because he can never ever, he can probably never ever love again. And if he does, the ghost of Sandy will ruin it for him. (laughs) But also think about how emotionally (laughs) fucked you are. This ghost. You fell in love. You for fell a in night love. You went with to lookout point. A dead girl. You're a dude that hasn't seen any action. To yes, this Yes, obviously. Um, emotions, though I will say, whatever. relatable, relatable. Um, yeah. Phil goes to this party. <laughs> um, he's dressed as a vampire. Is that dressed what he's dressed as? I think he's dressed as a vampire. We don't know because he has a weird. It's a very. It's a wig. strange look, but he's wearing. <laughs> he okay? Man's wears glasses. Yes. Um. He also is wearing a wig, and so he's just a he's a Dracula in glasses with a wig and he's all itchy. He's, like, dying and he's like, fuck this. I'm gonna change. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. Okay, most relatable thing in this whole movie. I also wear glasses, so I'm always, like, I, I always have to, Love like, a debate representation. Am I going to get contacts just for a Halloween costume? That okay. sounds like an insane thing to do, but I might be committed enough. I'm not sure. Unless it's, like, the color contacts, which will make you look all like bloody eyed, or right? Or whatever, I mean, great. that'd be cool, but I still wouldn't be able to see unless they were prescription contacts, so right. like I, I would do that, but I'd have to wear glasses too, which would be a little weird. I guess I never thought about those aren't prescription. No, I mean, you can get them prescription but they depending more. on what they are, but I'm sure they're insanely expensive. I've never even thought about that. Wow, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't like offer it. I don't know why the fuck I was like, I'm sure <laughs> to cover this. It would be. I fine. would love, to, dude. I would love to get like prescription six months worth of prescription, like whatever. They call, I think they're like called like sclera or whatever, like the kind that like completely black out your eye. I would well, like maybe to get that. Like your eyes are just dilated perpetually. Right yeah, now. yeah. I would uh, like to get that, and I'll just wear them all the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That would be my daily my daily driver. You know, <laughs> yeah. but no. You had, to, you had to figure out what you're going to do with your glasses. You're like, my hair doesn't match this character. I guess I'm going to wear a wig. So then you're just like, I'm wearing glasses and I have a wig on and it's really uncomfortable. Yeah, he so, is doing that. Relatable. And he has a logic reaction so. to the wig, which is very anxiety inducing. Also, he keeps yeah, itching is scalp. He is super itching all the time. Yeah. So, uh, relatable. I feel you, Phil, mm-hmm. but also you're super boring. And you know what? Yeah. He wasn't even down to help his friends like break into a thing and steal historical costumes, which is the most fun mischief to get into, so fuck off. That's true. And also like it's it's a weird move story-wise. I mean, who am I to critique? It's a <laughs> it's like a Stanford for TV Halloween movie. But like you're so se- you have this friend group that you're establishing, and then as soon as like the conflict happens, you separate him. From the friend group. Right. And in a way that's never reversed. Like, until no, he, he fixes doesn't... the problem by himself. But he doesn't. Suzy we don't Q even, up. like, see them reunite, do we? He just gets in the car and drives no, away. No, you're right. I don't think he... No. He doesn't. It's very strange. So, I'm like, you guys establish such a cool thing, and then you just kind of make them all zombies at a party or something. Yes. Which, the party is the coolest place to be. Every time they cut to Phil and The party is so cool. I, I want... To be back at the party, because we have this witch, this historical witch, who has risen from the grave, yeah. as both a witch and a vampire, she's, apparently. Apparently that's a normal thing in this universe. Just, just get used normal. to it, everyone. <laughs> so, she comes to the party, and she's just lurking, weirdly, for a long time. I love seeing her, like doing weird side-eyes out of the corner of her yes, eye. Like, it's great. incredible. Mm-hmm. And, but she's she ends up fixating kind of on Sherry Belafonte, who's uh, her granddaughter or her great-great-something descendant. Her descendant, yes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, then she turns her into a vampire, and then, obviously, she turns LeVar Burton into a vampire, and then... But then she turns everyone into They the turn vampires. the whole so party between them into vampires. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And so then it becomes just a vampire zombie party. Yeah. Which, like, is ideal for Halloween. And then they do a little dance. They do an original song. They do a song and dance routine. That Sherry Belafonte sang. Like, that was her. Wow, oh my god. Yeah, that was her doing it. Amazing. Living her best life. And, like... What she's doing, like, with her eyes at all times. Just, like... So good. she She just does a fantastic vampire face. She does like a really. <laughs> she does a great dance. It's very like campy, silly. It, the song is called "Get Dead." Get dead. It's it's and like it's such a funny, hilarious. Like it, the tag, the chorus, like get "I'm dead. dead, you're dying." Something about like everybody should try it. Get dead. Get dead, like idiot. Yeah, it's get fun. dead, dumb. So, anyways, it's such a romp. It's obviously reminiscent. Like they're trying to do a thriller thing. Like that's what they're doing. Totally. And honestly, it's working. It's great. I would say it's absolutely working. I will, if you ever do a thriller thing, I'm in for it. Yeah. I'm here for it. They're all dancing at the party. Everyone's singing. That's what feels like the most musical out of all the moments, I think. Yeah, definitely. That That one is definitely breaking into song and experience. (laughs) Also, I didn't realize that was an original song. This movie has a great soundtrack. It has a um, really good soundtrack. Like I was like kind of astounded at I was like like how much do they spend on yes, this? Yes, they did, they did a ton with like the musical rights. You and did. they were, like shit like shit that you know now like what's um Little Red Riding Hood by hey, Sam Sam? Hey, Come on. Riding Holy Riding shit. Hood. And they play like a lot of it? They do. Like, uh, damn how soon it. is now for like a long time? Yes. Like a like a very long scene. <laughs> there's a lot of music. There's just a lot of music in this, which m- might sound weird to say, but I just mean like, yeah, music that you recognize that plays for a long time for a scene, or is featured prominently. Not only like the Get Dead, but also, um, the weird romantic 50s song between okay the love interests. Yes. Um. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What I um what I was thinking about. Uh huh about this is okay. that um, so they played Sea of Love mm-hmm. performed by Del Shannon mm-hmm. um, and Sandy hears it and says oh yeah like oh this is a new version the uh-huh. old version is much better mm-hmm. I assume meaning Sea of Love by Phil Phillips and the Twilights however okay. there are 1,000 covers of the song so much so that mm-hmm. it has prompted me to make a playlist, all just <laughs> of versions of this song. Wow, holy shit! It is um twenty minutes long because there's many covers of this song. It is actually not a very long song. Okay, but I I thought, I thought that when she dedicated a song to him, that she was going, it was going to be Sea of Love, the original version, because she. Right says that would be like, great. Oh, they made everything bad now, and it was good, the and she would show way. him she would show him, but no, it was a different song. So, like I don't get that. <sighs> missed opportunity, but they might have not been Maybe able they to get... get the rights. I don't know, yeah, I know, probably actually, yeah, we'll have um what's what's our boy's name? Jack Bender. we'll yeah. have Jack Bender, the director, which by the way, Jack Bender hit us up. Do you know Jack Bender because, not you by name? know some of his shit. He's directed. He directed a lot of the Lost episodes. Okay. Um, he did some other shit too. Like he did. Um, like you would know his shit if you looked him up on Wikipedia or whatever. Like you, <laughs> which I'm doing right now. Game of Thrones, dude. He did a couple. This guy, my God, killing Mr. Griffin. He's done some shit. He knows. The sopranos, he did some of the sopranos. Oh my god. Okay, this guy's like Alias? This guy, yeah, this guy's like Excuse a pro. Me? So yeah, I mean, he's done some stuff, I guess. He's... Um something called In Love with an Older Woman, which wow. you know what? Uh, love that. Also one called Love Can Be Murder. Wow, that sounds sounds great. Yeah, so he um he's done a bunch of shit just like not. He's kind of behind the scenes, I think, you know. You don't know the name, but you know the stuff he's worked on. So look at him cutting his teeth on <laughs> this beautiful film, The Midnight Hour. Yeah, this one is just a lot of fun to watch. Like I said, yeah. vibes as if you were getting ready to go trick-or-treating. It's it's such a great... And that's the thing, like, this movie was not... I mean, it was made for TV movies, so no one really cares. And critically, yeah, people are like, whatever, this movie's not... A, Stellar or some shit. I don't know. I'm like, what do you expect from a made for TV ABC movie? It's funny that it had like reviews where they were like, (laughs) "Let me like let me really scrutinize." I don't know why the fuck you would do that, but anyway, so they they did that. But then I know that like I heard of this movie because if you're in, I don't know, you're deep in the horror whatever world, like you hear kind of echoes of. Midnight Hour, Midnight Hour, <laughs> mid- around Halloween, like people talk mm-hmm. about it, so it has like, you know, not not necessarily like a rabid cult following, but it has it has buzz. Like it's kind of a time honored Halloween watch. That it you does. It mentioned. does have like similar energy to like Hocus Pocus and like the kind of stuff yeah. that like is uh, I don't know like mainstream. Yeah, season kind of watches that basic. Uh, but but it, but it also does. Watching. Yeah, I I do. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, sorry. That's I mean, rude, but you know, not I to disparage. Don't the, I don't get the hocus. Pocus, not to disparage the hocus pocus. I actually do enjoy hocus pocus. I like I the don't think I, grew up, I, I didn't grow up. with I hocus pocus. love really. Like, dude's mouth is sewn shut. That's like really where it's that's at a for me. Moment. I'm always into the body horror. You know, also yeah. the cat. Binks. Binks is the cat. I think. I don't remember. I don't know why it doesn't really do it for me. I saw it recently and I was like, I guess I didn't grow up with this, so I don't get it. Maybe that's it. Also, just it's very Pinterest now, so maybe it's been ruined. Yeah, it might. It might. That's have possible. Just been also, I heard too one sad. of the like actors is like a turf or something. Is that no. true? No, Witch- I heard one of the what? one of the witches. Is it Bette Midler? Yeah, dude. I oh, heard Bette her. Midler is a turf. Yeah, I think she is. So that's kind of like oh, a sad. Oh, sad. Which like is such a campy, like yeah. fun. Like I've seen, I've seen drag queens do um, hocus pocus mm-hmm. shit. Right, Br- it's a great fun energy. Movie. Why would you fucking ruin the world and yourself sad. with yeah, that? Sad. It's sad. I mean, yeah. we've had many things ruined by mm-hmm. turfism. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. hate to see it. Uh, watch the Midnight Hour if uh, Hocus Pocus is getting ruined for you. Yeah, if you're that kind of person. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, yeah, similar energy. It's like just yeah, it's just a lot of fun. There's um there's zombies that are like uh reading the paper. Or attempting to read the paper, maybe <laughs> they're uh, hooking up at a party. There's also popcorn at the party in a coffin, and the nice. I mean, the coffin has been filled with popcorn. And I thought about the logistics of that. I'm like, wouldn't that be great at a party? But also, that would be awesome. Thing. But also, yes, not on this day and age. I would also, once I had consumed enough alcohol, probably get into the coffin with the popcorn. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> then you'd have to be eating like popcorn <laughs> that had been on my body. Yes, so. it would not. Yeah, it's messy. It's messy. Which, I mean, depending on how crunk you're getting on Halloween might be fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, like, a bride and groom zombie at one point. Like, there's just a lot of... There's some really fun extras. Like, yes. it would have been so much fun to be an extra. There's also just, um, incidentally, I, I didn't notice this, but Ariel did. Um, There's yeah. someone dressed as Magenta from Rocky Horror. Yeah, Pitchy there is. At the party. The only reason I would have ever noticed is because I saw Rocky Horror, like, the night before. Amazing. And it's not, you know, because... She is just a she's amazed. Like, the reason I could tell is because she had the exact hair, and I was like, "That's magenta. Man. That's my girl. That's my Halloween costume." Like aspiration, the white whale. I've oh yes, <laughs> my white whale Halloween costume. I've always wanted to go as magenta, but mm-hmm. I could never find a. Uh, ho- I've never been able to find a made costume that makes sense, or like been able to like construct okay. one, and the hair is also a hurdle. I mean, you know, I feel like we we have. At least one friend that's listening, that will listen and be texting you frantically ideas. So, I mean, hit me up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hit me up if you have a good magenta costume. We could fix this problem if you're out for there you. listening. <laughs> so, this is a good segue into the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Man, iconic. Just like, and like, not only like iconic, but like for me personally. Formative, nice. Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show, written by Richard O'Brien and directed by Jim Sharman. A newly engaged couple stumble upon a castle and unsuspectingly inflame the monster mash that was already happening inside. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Two young, ordinary, healthy kids. Oh, Brad, wasn't it wonderful? Left Denton that late November evening. We must have taken the wrong fork a few miles back. Didn't we pass a castle back down the road a few miles? Maybe they have a telephone I could use. On a night out. Hello. It was a night out they were going to remember for a very long time. Time. I remember doing the time war Let's do the time war again Let's do the time war again Say, one of you guys know how to Madison? <laughs> that doesn't even come close to describing the plot of Rocky Horror. I mean no, but the plot is less important. No, and I mean, if you've seen it, vibes. if you've seen it, I'm not even sure you know the plot. I've seen Honestly, this movie a million times. Yeah. So for me, kind of like first experiences wise, mm-hmm. I think I first watched this movie when I was like 12 or 13. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, with my friends. And um, we watched this movie all the goddamn time you would not believe how much my friends and I watched this movie like from like middle school to like uh early high school probably and then we maybe (laughs) fell off it a little bit but still I have seen this movie a million times and um I gotta say I don't always like watch the whole thing but um (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, you know, obviously there's a lot of screaming going on. I don't necessarily have a ton of experience with, like, going to see it, like, yeah, like a a midnight screening, though I have been to them, um, as much as, like, I just, my friends and I were obsessed with this when we were teenagers, and it was, like, definitely a, like, yeah, definitely a formative, like, if not cinema experience, at least, like, um, if you want to understand... my like uh early like introduction to like sexuality, the vampire chronicles and Rocky Horror is probably <laughs> where I was at. Just about. Uh I I didn't see this until after college. Okay. What was the first um the a first full time, adult? A full adult in the eyes of the law. But um <laughs> I yeah, I didn't see it until a friend of mine, I was I was actually texting a good friend of mine who he and I went and neither of us had seen it um, we we went after college and he was living in Isla Vista at the time and I was living in Santa Barbara mm-hmm. and there's a theater run by I think a club or maybe actually the like maybe by UCSB uh, it's called like the Lantern theater I think okay. and they do indie films and stuff like that so um, I saw a bunch of cool shit there um, and stuff I'd never seen anywhere else but rocky horror they did i think they did a shadow cast but we were arguing back and forth because he seems to remember that they didn't but i distinctly remember that i think they made they made us do the thing like the virgin thing Yeah. make you stand up and i was like i feel like i would not have made up that anxiety that i had when they made us do that so (laughs) um yeah i feel like it was a shadow cast um Anyways, okay, I've, I've never been to one where they did that, and I oh. am terrified, because, yeah, yeah, I will be a virgin. I'll be a, a 32-year-old virgin <laughs> I if I go to one. Yeah, um, well, I, I have not been to a shadow cast since, because um, because we live in Bakersfield, and I just oh, don't yeah. want to subject myself to how fucking sad that must be. I can only imagine. You know what? I don't know if they even do that here, so. I think they've done it, but do yeah. they do it regularly? Probably not. Mm-hmm. They do it yeah. in LA. We should probably just go we sometime. Probably, yeah. We're really close. <laughs> but anyway, so that was like my first time seeing it and I really loved it. Um, but I had never seen it before. Mm-mm. I just knew the lips. You knew the lips. That's Obviously, all I knew. iconic. Wow. Yeah. Just the lips. Man. <laughs> so I think that watching this for the first time, I had never seen a depiction. I had maybe never seen a straightforward depiction of like Gay sex, like being okay. implied, you know, like uh-huh. these two men are gonna bone right mm-hmm. now. And I definitely had never seen a depiction of like a bisexual man. Okay. <laughs> in, yes. Yes. In yes. yes. Movie. Right. And um, yeah, it was just it just opened a lot of doors. It's just uh... <laughs> it's <laughs> a it's a wild like, possibility. You know, watching it this time around, I was just thinking, I'm like, how are they? Like, how did this even come about? Like, how did it not get stopped. <laughs> this is <laughs> Yeah, this is so funny because it seems like it was kind of like... It's not even explicit. It's just heavy innuendo. Yes. And it seems like it was kind of a fringe thing, which is like how it got to that. Like, I mean, yeah. it's like the B-movie, like, kind of Liberty, where right. Um, I didn't know, actually, I did not know until uh, preparing for this episode that it was originally a stage show. Okay, that's funny. Okay. That's mm-hmm. funny. I mean, it, it puts a lot of, it makes a lot of sense. Yes. Like, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. It was. It would, it just of course, and it it ended up kind of reverting back to that. That's how it exists for the most part right. now. I did know Richard O'Brien wrote it, which um, I am obsessed with the fact that Richard O'Brien wrote himself into the script. He's so good. As, like, a freaky little weirdo. He's such a freaky guy. I love <laughs> him in it. His voice is great, too, because His voice it has is that, great. like, glam... That glam rock high yes. thing going on. Yeah, he's so absolutely. Good. He's always, like, simpering in the background. Yes. It's so amazing. So great. <laughs> he's always, like, lurking. Yeah. At one point, he's, like... He does a weird little, like, twitch smirk. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's, like, tormenting. Mm-hmm. hmm <laughs> Frank and Furnace creation. So good. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So, mad respect. Just imagine... I guess, like, he wrote this as just, like, an unemployed actor kind of trying to... He just fucking loved it. Yeah, he was just, like, trying to keep himself busy while, like, you know, doing whatever he was doing. Imagine just, like, something like that becoming the hugest the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I watched the MTV, um, had, like, a 15-year anniversary thing on it, you know? Where they were, like, showing it and all the fans were freaking out. But they were interviewing mm-hmm. some of the actors. And, like, <laughs> what I can only describe is, like, Fear, as the actors <laughs> recount. Yeah, I had no idea that people would care about this at all. Let alone 15 years down the road. Are still dressing like me, and that was only 15 years ago. I mean, yeah, no, that, no that was only 15 years since. So yeah. think about fucking since that we, you know, we're well past that point. You know, we we we're going on decades now, and people are still going strong. The next anniversary will be 50. And I don't know how they fear about feel about that now. Maybe they're fine, but but it was what I would. not what I would call fear is what, what I would say about the 15 year anniversary. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. My God. So, um, yeah, people are just, um, rabid, quite honestly, it is a rabid fandom. It's incredible. Yeah. And it's, um, I mean, I completely get it because, um, that was my reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Watching it like kind of now, which like, I mean, I saw it, I, I think, I think, the last time I saw this was at a theater at midnight on Halloween. This is in Bakersfield. But it wasn't a shadow cast, no? It was not a shadow okay. cast as far as I know, but no. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Mean? I mean, I don't remember. There are people whispering on been- the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, but they everybody did like the, you know, the Oh, audience, sure, we're all was yelling. It through the toilet paper. Okay. Um, I know because I, I used the toilet paper to try to like clean oh, up vomit no. later oh, on in no. the night. So, um,. But yeah, I was there and um, I think that would have been either 2015 or 2016. So okay. it's been a few years. So watching this now, like years down the road, kind of objectively for a podcast, I'm like, man, this plot, this script is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was happening? And the yeah. fact that it was originally a stage show makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, and it's very like, yeah, the plot, this, everything... I mean, the acting is something I'll set aside, because I think the acting is different. But, like, the plot, the script, the filming, it's trash. Yes. It's not trash. But that's part... Of, first of all, that's part of his charm. Yes. And so everyone shut the fuck up. But also, like, it is... Mo- it's just more than that. Like, it just became something much more... Like, Roger Ebert literally called it... He's like, it's a long-standing social phenomenon more than it's a movie. It I'm like, that's amazing. fair. Yeah, it's true. I would it's say true. that's true. And I mean... Yeah, it's like, I mean, especially considering that, like, the live showings of it are, are, like, it's not really a live showing of it unless you're screaming over the top of it. You have to scream. Like, you can't. You have to call Janet a slut. Every time. And you have to call Brad an asshole every time. Yes, exactly. But the, there's so much, and it's not, like, occasional. Like, for anyone that has no idea what I'm talking about, it's, like, it's not, like, every five minutes it's like every 25 to 30 seconds the audience is screaming something you cannot understand the film if you go to this if you go to these screens no (laughs) it's like imagine watching like when they used to show riff tracks or whatever on them at the movies or mystery science theater but imagine that but instead of just like dry commentary from the sidelines it's 50 people screaming it at a big screen (laughs) That's the energy. Yes, and that's the only like. There's nothing else like it. It's Rocky Horror is singular. No, there's literally nothing, and it's like a it's like a phenomenon. I mean, yes, it's a phenomenon. Like like Roger Ebert said, yeah. like our boy Roger Ebert said. Yeah, Which we haven't talked about Roger Ebert in a while, but yeah. shout, out shout out to, out Roger to Ebert. our boy. He, he did nail it on this one. He nails it a lot. He just I think we um, ethically agree on disagree on things. Yes, that's true. <laughs> he honestly does very man. nail it, even if he like thinks it's morally wrong. Yes. He, he has a lot of wisdom, but I'll give him that. Yeah, I guess. Um, so the kind of standard audience participation track, I guess, because it is very rote, um, yeah, it seems is. to have mostly come from the uh, people who attended uh, the Waverly Theater midnight mm-hmm. showings in New York City, and then the sort of shadow performance trend seems to have started in LA, which makes that. me so happy because we got both coasts. That's such a... together. It's also such a. I mean, I've never been in New York, but what I know of New York, it makes perfect sense that the trend of them yelling shit back. Yeah, that the the commentary came from New York, and the performance yes came, came from L. A. LA. Like that feels very. <laughs> when I was I was reading a little about like how what I, I don't know if it's self described, but what, who was described as like a a mild mannered teacher, like at one point just yelled <laughs> out of the screen at Susan Sarandon's character. um get an umbrella you cheap bitch yes. and like that seems to have been part of what launched like they're just yeah and instead of it being like they're trying to one-up each other with how funny it was but then people really loved the lines and I think it was the same people that were coming to see it right. so they would all repeat that and so same it, it line. becomes this like practice that like you can't not say that you can't say something else no, that's what we say. It's like you're you're writing a Bible and memorizing it and orally passing it down. It's amazing. It's incredible. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. such an insane thing to happen. And, I mean, you know, we're talking about the performances. I have to say, just, Tim Curry gives this shit his all. I'm yeah. just constantly so... Um, <sighs> This is going to out me as a Tumblr user, but, like, there's, like, a post on Tumblr that's talking about, like, you know, yeah, you can't understand Tumblr because everybody's just, like, oh, my Blorbo from my shows. And I'm, like, (laughs) I said that's what you call your character. That's, like, this, like... My Blorbo. Your guy, right? Your little... Your special little guy is your (laughs) Blorbo. And I'm, like, I don't really have Blorbos, I don't think, typically, but, honestly, Frankenfurter is as close as they come. (laughs) And the funny thing is, watching this, I feel like towards the end, like he's everybody's blorbo. Like Brad and Janet are like, wait, you're gonna kill him? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Everyone is. I mean, everyone, every all of the characters, yes. are... and it's like Riff Raff has only killed him because, obviously, like as as is like sort of revealed, he has this like insecurity. Yes. About, yeah, yeah. About yeah. whether people consider him like fun enough. Well, there's, like, a parent vibe with him and yes. Magenta, where they they finally kick in and they're like, all right, like, kid, okay, we have you to. have not handled this well. Yes. We have to clean up your mess. But but everyone else, like, I mean, it makes sense suddenly the, um, they're obviously riffing on, like, midnight movies in general and, like, the sci-fi trend and, like, all that shit, but, like, that is the twist, which, spoiler, whatever, but, like, the twist of it being, like, aliens, <laughs> right, is yes. that. I mean, it makes sense because it's like Tim Curry feels inhumanly attractive, and like he is so. Like, I don't mean attractive; hot. like he's. I don't mean like you look at him. I can't even describe. It's like it feels supernatural. He like it just is a supernatural yes. being and that he, you want and to he be has, with. Yes, I don't in even every have, sense of the word. It's what he completely pulls it off. Like he's know, just, really for does. one thing, he looks amazing. He like, looks like, oh my god. His legs in this. Um, his his he, eyebrow, his makeup. Yeah, just the makeup. But the way he plays great. with his the face. way he like the way he holds himself. I guess he decided that um, Frank should talk like Queen Elizabeth, R.I.P. R.I.P. Wow, pour <laughs> one out. <laughs> like just like very exaggeratedly posh. Um, yeah, and yeah, it just feels like just every yeah everything he does like <sighs> it's tr- it's just transcendent. Like yes. there's nothing to be said except that you just watch him and feel. Like you, I don't know, dude. It, it's just, it's not, it's like a performance that is like no other. Like, I mean, I keep, we keep saying that like Rocky Horror is singular, but it's true. But in large part because of Tim Curry. Yes. I do think that's true. I yeah. mean, I do think like other members of the cast really give it. And like, obviously, oh, yeah. uh, obviously like fucking Riff Raff who literally I mean, wrote it. Amazing. I mean, like he's in there for sure. But yeah, Tim Curry is like just a different beast altogether. Yeah, he's just, and I guess he was also part of the original cast, like, pretty, at least the original London cast yeah. of like, the show. Yeah, oh my god. Well so he was just, when he's on just screen, doing this every night. I'm literally grinning the whole time. And I don't, like, do that. No. But if you were to watch me watching this movie, every time he's on the screen, I look insane. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> just yes. like a simpering fool. Okay, I'm glad this is not just me, because I do, like, <laughs> no, I, I'm, like, watching this, like, I, I just, like. You have to, like, be in love with him the entire time. Yeah, and, like, his, like, the camp that he brings to it, like, there's camp in the show throughout, but if he did not have, like, 200% or whatever, like, it would not come across as, like, that, the moment towards the end when, like, we see, like, Susan Sarandon's character, um, Janet, with the, the boy toy. Um, Rocky. Yeah, 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 Rocky. Rocky! The t- the titular Rocky. And what are they doing? They're doing, um, Janet, Brad, uh, <laughs> Dr. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, and it lasts for like, I don't know, like 30 they seconds. They go through it like a couple times. And they keep repeating, and it's really, it's really stupid. Like, if you were like sort of a sourpuss, you'd be like, why is this happening? Yeah, the, the, it is like, it, it struck me this time. That is like the dumbest moment in the whole movie. But also, but I'm, like, like, I'm giggling like a fucking fool. It is schoolgirl. so funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's—I don't know why, because it's not. If anything else did that, I think that I might not find that very funny. It's no, just, it's stupid. as hell. the it's height of the events is really what brings it to me? Yep, that's it. Like uh, the, like the, and it, the, situ- it, the situation is very funny because at this point, like, yeah, like you mentioned it, you're like this is my first seeing like a bisexual guy, but I'm like, but I think you just what we've witnessed is just the most powerful sexual being. Okay, that's in true. The I know. I don't even mean Frank. I mean Brad. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Frank is, like, not necessarily a man. First no, but- of all, Frank is an alien. Um, Also, yeah. like, yeah, extremely, like, androgynous in terms Absolutely. of, like, sexual expression, right. gender expression. It, the, the scenes where, like, he seduces both Brad and Janet. Like, it's so funny! Just so funny and so, like, hot. Like, I mean, it I feel like watching this as, like, a 13-year-old, I was like... <gasps> oh well even like it, him doing that he has the exact same lines and moves for both <laughs> he's got the for same both game brad and janet yeah he's using the same game it works just as well for both and it's also just kind of like this like i guess because i knew you i know you meant brad but i feel like brad <laughs> is not maybe necessary i mean maybe he's by bi- but it almost just it's just like it's just maybe everyone wants to fuck frank or maybe it's just in a very insufferable... What's that Twitter joke where it's, like, queering the concept of... <laughs> you're, you're queering the concept of, of sex. Where yeah. it's just, like, people want to fuck. And that's the end of the sentence, and it doesn't matter who or what. Like, Man, that's the end that is so the real. Especially, like, kind of the ending, like, the, the like, kind of just orgy kind of thing yes. that ends up happening, like, in the pool towards the end. Like, yeah, yeah we're just all... Everybody just wants to fuck. And that's, um... I it, yeah, it was it was fun to it was just a joy to watch because they're just all kind of, he's making them think about for these two like boring heck characters like thinking about the the sort of boundaries that they've had socially and then understanding like maybe those aren't actually meaningful at all. Yes. And it doesn't mean that necessarily either of them are bi, but it means that maybe like straight is like a really unhelpful concept for right, sexuality. Right. Exactly. So like, <laughs> you could maybe potentially want to fuck anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And yes. you'll figure out what that means for yourself. But that's what it means to not have to be a fucking freak, loser, homophobe. So yeah, and enjoy it's your like, life. <laughs> it does. It does feel like kind of. Yeah, like the central like. The central theme of this is just, like, Brad and Janet entering into this, like, queer sphere and being, like, forever changed. Yeah, and you can, I mean, you can totally make the argument from the beginning, because they're at, they're both at a wedding, Janet catches a bouquet, and then they have, like, a weird, serious conversation slash musical number about being in love, and Mm -hmm. it's gonna have to lead to something more, and it's a really, like, um, like, performative, they're both It feels like they're performing, but not in a way that's bringing either of the characters joy, right? They're just doing, they're doing what's in the script and they don't, there's no sensuality, there's no attraction. Like they barely, every time she tries to kiss him, he turns away and then they have a really chaste kiss on the lips at the end. Mm -hmm. So it's very sexless. And uh, that stuff comes in later when you're, you're throwing away sort of the prescripted what it means to, to be a human, you know? Yes, (laughs) yes <laughs> which is great so you could get all nerdy and weird about it like i think that's part of the the intrigue i think part of why this this has stuck for so long yes it's totally. kind of throwing everything out but yeah, you like, what away... if you could go to like planet transsexual because <laughs> Planet transsexual in the galaxy of transylvania <laughs> Well, and when you throw all that away, it kind of makes sense. Like you would throw away the concept of a plot or a script, right? right. Exactly. Yeah. It fits with that thematically. Yeah this this movie has like ascended beyond the need. <laughs> yes. Um, which is is just yeah like. Which is it's funny because like I guess they were kind of meaning to like take off on kind of hammer horror films like in making this and a lot of the props and like kind of stuff that they used was from actual like i mean due to budget constraints and then just availability and like then also it just kind of fits that it's like there's stuff that was actually used in like hammer horror films Mm -hmm. but it's funny because this doesn't strike me as like a real take on like hammer films because like no it's just grown into its own thing right Like for the most part hammer films are not queer (laughs) No, I mean, you'd have to, you read it in, like, you might, you might, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, like, the scenes with, like, the kind of mad scientist shit, I guess, is, like, a little bit there. It's a little bit there, and I think more of, like, the midnight movies, like, with, like, the B, like, the the B sci-fi films, right, that would show. Yeah, and I mean, there's definitely references. We've got, like, Magenta with the, like, Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, oh my god, so good. Yeah, so they have fun with that, but it doesn't feel... Like, it's paying, like, a faithful homage at all. No, I think it's doing completely its own thing. Which, I mean, good. Good for them. But can you imagine, like, being Richard O'Brien and fucking writing this thing, you're a broke actor, you do your thing, you're like, cool, I have this thing. And, like, I'm sure it gets you money a little bit, right? You have the stage production, you have the movie, so that's cool. But then suddenly, like, the movie probably doesn't do, it doesn't do very good. And then, I don't know at what point, but there's a certain point where suddenly... You have fans that are insanely obsessed with (laughs) everything about this? Like, just imagine People who are watching this shit every weekend. Every weekend? In a public space, dressed like the characters. Well, I guess, like, in, yeah, I mean, in 75, like, I mean, I guess even, what do we have like that now? But, like being able to go to the theater and have like this queer community of people that are doing the talk back to the, I don't know. It's just, I don't know how it happened. I'm so glad it did. (laughs) And I mean, like it was, it's definitely kind of joining a lot of movies that are like that at the time. Like, I mean, it ran as a double feature with the Phantom of the Paradise, which is, Um, oh my God, such a, that's another super queer feeling movie for sure. mm -hmm. And like a romp. So, okay. That makes sense. And um, it also like, I guess, the kind of success of uh, Reefer Madness and Pink Flamingos as midnight movies kind of helped okay. it. Like, you know, they, they, they had done really well on the circuit. So while this movie was kind of struggling as a theatrical release, they were like, well, let's release it as a midnight movie. Okay. Um, It's just funny because it joined these other, like, I mean... Like, Phantom of the Paradise and, um, I mean, and, and Reefer Madness is from, like, the 30s, so it's, like, and it's not in on the joke at all, but, like, Pink Flamingos, like, stuff like that is, like, kind of, yeah, down with this, like, kind of dirtbag, like, fringe movie culture of the 70s, um, but, like, this one is, like, very explicitly queer in a way that yeah. that, that is unique, I think, for the time. I guess the moral of the story is you're always going to have, like, weird little freaks that find some weird little thing. yeah, And they're going to make it a whole thing. Because I'm thinking about, like, even, like, 2001 A Space Odyssey and how, like, that was a flop. But people were doing drugs and they're like, you all gotta come because this shit's great to trip on. As it turns (laughs) out, people who are, like, looking for gay shit and people who are on drugs, I have great taste. Yeah, they have great taste and they will... They will set your shit off into the stratosphere <laughs> if, you, if you love them well enough. It's a good moral. Be good Be good to the, the drugs and the gays. That's the moral of the story. Man, it's so true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this was definitely a movie that I wish I had kind of... I had been, a, like, seen before, you know? Yeah. I wish you were part of the vibe before you I, were. I really wish that I had, like, found... Um like, a live showing of it to go to and, like, Mm -hmm. been there every weekend and shit, like, at the time. I mean, you know, as it is, I just, um, hung out with my high school lesbian friends. (laughs) Watched it over and over. Uh, Still good. Still good. Still so good. And I mean, like, I still have such an attachment to it now. It's, um, it's not something I would, like, Put on all the time, but definitely yeah. like it. It feels so fun, like at Halloween time. I mean, yeah. And there's like movies that you know, like I mean, we we're talking about Hocus Pocus. I mean, not to, I don't want to disparage that film again, but yeah, like, sorry, we're just coming for Hocus <laughs> Pocus. <laughs> sorry, I episode. Hocus Pocus is fine. It's the example of my head, but like, there's movies where it's like if you haven't seen it, and then you're like, I guess I'll watch it. Does it live up to the hype? And it doesn't always. It's not always going to. But Rocky Horror, like. 100% did for me. And I had not grown up with yeah. it at all. And it's even, like, not even... It's not even a good movie. It's not even a good movie. Can't stress enough. My God, we haven't even talked about Meatloaf in this movie, also. Oh, we no. We, which... we haven't even talked about Meatloaf. <sighs> man. Like, I mean... And when I say it's the Monster Mash in the Midnight Hour, we have... In Rocky Horror, we got Mad Scientists. We've got Aliens. We have, um... A a man with half a brain. um, mm-hmm. We have Cannibalism. Just, like... Yeah, yeah, we do. We, we do have, have we have them. a lot of kinds of monsters. Yeah, we have everything. There's a little something for everyone. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can find your monster here Yeah. In this double feature. <laughs> exactly. If you if you have a monster, uh, you can find it. Very, just really fun. Love this movie so much. Um. So what are your other like fun, silly Halloween movies that you like to watch? They're like usually kid shit. Like, um, I really like, it's not, Ichabod and Mr. Toad. That's what it's called. Okay. Um, so the cartoon oh, Right. Version, okay. Yeah. Which like you should watch because Sleepy Hollow specifically has some actual shots that are calling yeah, back so Yes. And we talked about this when we talked yeah. about Sleepy Hollow, which is definitely yeah. one of my Halloween fun Sleepy, movies. yeah. So Ichabod and Mr. Toad, um, obviously Great Pumpkin, big one for me. Love the music. Shit, those are kind of the big ones as far as like. Oh, and then okay, Hound of the Baskervilles. Okay. We would always watch that on Halloween night. I don't know. My mom would always have that on, like when we got back from trick or treating. Aww.
1: <laughs> I don't know if it's because I it, like just
0: played on Turner Classic Movies or what, but yeah, it was kind of a thing. I don't know why it's not even Halloween at all, but I mean, Hound of the Baskervilles. I was mean, long. it's a little spooky. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. You think there's a monster hound? Yeah, that's scary. That is scary. Yeah. What about you? Uh, Beetlejuice is a big one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, just probably more like Halloween episodes of shows. Okay, I do like, that too. That's definitely a big one. For I like me. the Buffy ones. Yeah. <clears> Obviously, like, <clears> Treehouse of Horror. All the yeah, Treehouse of Horror is like the big one yeah. for me. Um. Yeah, all the Buffy episodes, uh, Community, really oh, sure. the one where they turn into zombies, and there's like Abba playing the whole time. Yeah. I like the Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers has some great ones. The Freaks and Geeks, where, like, Lindsay ends up throwing it, like, egging her own brother. I've brought up Freaks Freaks and Geeks twice in this episode. Yeah, you did. I need to, like, watch it. A huge simp from Freaks and Geeks. (laughs) i just really into it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. TV is very, um, which I I think part of the reason I have a soft spot for Midnight Hour is because, yeah, like, you have, you think about TV. Like, there's something about, like, you put on whatever's on TV because I think, like, there's a lot of coming and going on Halloween, like you're making cookies, you're carving the jack-o'-lanterns, you're going trick-or-treating, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so there's a lot of, like, in and out. You're not there necessarily at the screen the whole time. So, you just kind of pop it on. Yeah, there's just like some TV happening in the background. I just watched recently, um, oh my god, it was another Disney Channel original. Was it Mr. Boogity? Is that the one? <laughs> I don't know. I've never <laughs> heard of this. I don't have the Disney... Oh, well, uh, it is Mr. Boogity! No, it's Mr. Boogity, Mr. but it came out in... Boogity. 86. Came out in 86, so it's an old school Disney channel. Wow, that's very old. Um anyways, so yeah, I love I love me some just like T V Halloween shit. Yeah, I love that. Oh, by the way, Suzy Q was a Disney Channel original. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Little fun fact. (laughs) Good to know, good to know. That's all I can watch, okay? (laughs) That's all (laughs) I can watch. (laughs) Well, Please hit us up and tell us your fun, fun and like only marginally spooky mm-hmm. Halloween watches. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get to spooky, you know, we, obviously we do spooky scary. There's a time and a place for that. <laughs> we do spooky scary all the time. So we're just doing like a little like fun autumnal, yeah. um, you know, spooky scary skeletons kind of run on this one. Right. Tell us your fun spooky scary skeleton watches. And, um, yeah, we're NYFG pod on all the socials, hit us up, um, and tell us what you like to watch. Thanks for listening. Thanks to, uh, Claire Holland, as always, for our namesake, not your final girl from her book of horror themed poems called I am not your final girl. You can get that where they sell books, follow her at Claire C writes on Twitter, follow Brian Demarest for our show art, um, at evil Flynn on Instagram. And you can commission him as well if you want to. Follow Pat Spurlock, Phantom Stranger, on Facebook. Thanks for our network, Morbidly Beautiful. Check out the other shows on the network at morbidlybeautiful.com. And thanks to Ariel for a song. It's called Under Your Skin. And you can buy it on Bandcamp. Or listen to it in the places where they sell music or, or, you know, have music. Whatever. (laughs) And thanks to you listeners. And happy Halloween. Happy Happy, Halloween. Happy October. Happy Halloween. Happy pre-Halloween. Happy Happy pre-Halloween. We're still working up to it. To all who celebrate. Yes. And if you don't (laughs) why you you, why do you (laughs) listen to this podcast? (laughs) So we will uh we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.